Thanks so much for joining us for this special talk over the next few minutes about, well, hope, you could say, and about how we find hope even in a world of disasters and catastrophes. I'm Matthew Price, and the reason that I'm here is because of the first of the two people in this discussion. Jill Koenig and I first met in 2017, in the hours after one of the worst disasters in post-war Britain. It was a fire that destroyed a residential tower block in London called the Grenfell Tower. 72 people lost their lives in that fire. I was a journalist working for the BBC at the time, and Jill lived close to the tower. And she and I met, and we started a conversation that's basically now lasted several years about disasters and about why they happen and about what we might do to try and prevent them from happening in the future. And all of the discussions with her, or much of those discussions, have been informed because of her work as a master consultant partnering organisations to develop the culture and leadership capabilities that are needed to prevent catastrophic events. Uh, She works for JMJ, and so alongside her in this discussion, we've also got JMJ's CEO, Jeff Williams. Hello, Jill. Hello, Jeff. Hi, Matthew. Hey, Matthew. Thanks so much both for joining us. Um, Jill, you've now written a book after the Grenfell Tower fire, and in the years after it, you were trying to work out what your response would be. And your response is very much this book. It's called Catastrophe and Systemic Change. And also you and I have been recording this fantastic six-part podcast series, um, both of which, the book and the podcast series, I would say are well worth diving into. Um, But Jill, in none of the conversations that we've had and that you have in the book, have you spoken about how Grenfell impacted you in your professional capacity as a consultant? And I just wanted to start with, from a professional perspective, working to prevent catastrophes, what it was like for you to witness the catastrophe that was the Grenfell fire? You know, Matthew, when you ask me that, um, because the view out of my window is of Grenfell, and it made me think of that night and the next day that, that, you know, when we met. And all the way through, there's been these two pictures. So even while I was watching the fire burning, the tower burning, in my head was other disasters and particularly one that many people listening to this will know of, which is the Piper Alpha, which is still the biggest industrial disaster in the UK. So there's always been this duality to it. So there's my personal experience and then there's my professional lens at the same time. But in terms of what it was like for me, firstly, I really struggled with how to navigate it at work so how do you you know how do you with so much grief and so much overwhelm operate as you've always operated in an organization I found very difficult so I struggled and found it very isolating and quite lonely and you know Jeff's been super helpful in terms of me getting back from that, if you want to say, and also very keen for me to share about how I found that difficult, probably for a good couple of years afterwards, is is just how to deal with particularly the mental health aspects and being at work. So there was that aspect is how to be at work after having gone through something like that. And then the second thing was 
just the level of despair I felt as I watched how the government responded, how the building industry developers, or, or I should say probably failed to respond in the aftermath. So there was struggling internally with JMJ, and then there was this despair and this almost existential crisis of, I felt that government should take care of people and then they weren't. So there was that. And then the third thing was um, clients. And that's where I found hope. So I was really fortunate to be doing some amazing work with clients at that particular time. And it was all about connecting the top of the organization with the front line, which you know is one of my passions. And it was producing miraculous results. So that was really where I poured my professional time and energy, but that then also fed the despair and the struggle. So it was the one point where um, I found hope. And Jeff, I mean, I know having spoken to Jill over the years that JMJ, certainly recently and under your leadership, have been, as she's just explained, been incredibly supportive of her. And, and it's great to see industry supporting people who not just on a personal basis go through a traumatic experience, but also helping them learn and grow professionally as well at the same time. Maybe, maybe we start off by asking you why, why you joined JMJ in the first place. I uh, couldn't be more honored to be leading a purpose-driven organization like JMJ. My background has been for the last 25 years primarily serving the energy industry. But over the last three or four years, I have also had the opportunity to be involved with work around looking at the energy transition and taking a look at different scenarios and pathways to decarbonization. And I think what struck me the most was what a nuanced problem it is. You know, on the one hand, you have the urgent need to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions, move towards electrification, and invest in innovations that move us towards the Paris 1.5 degree scenario. And on the other hand, you have 700 million people or so around the world still without access to reliable power, water, and sometimes food. And then you have another 2 billion or so people living in developing countries that are still working towards having the modern conveniences that, that we have. And so how do you balance the needs for, for both of these critical problem sets? And who is going to make the most significant difference in this space? And, and Jill and I have talked about this quite a bit. You know, we believe that governments definitely have a role to play in setting policy and legislation to promote healthy, sustainable development. But I believe firmly that the real driver behind this change should be businesses. And I think businesses can be a force for good. You know, governments tend to come and go sometimes, but businesses are here for the duration, can be a, a catalyst for positive change. So, so coming back to JMJ, you know, I think the opportunity for a firm like ours to be involved in sustainability and what is the unique capability we can bring to this problem. And I, I think it's all about engaging people. You know, we have 30 years of experience with organizational transformation, helping improve safety and productivity with some of the largest companies and projects in the world. And when you think about sustainability, there isn't a larger prod problem set that sits in front of us. 
And the way that Jill and I have been talking about sustainability is probably across three levers. You know, the first is financial, meaning, you know, what investments can we make? How are we using our capital to advance the sustainability agenda? You know, the second is probably technology, you know, meaning what innovations in renewables, carbon capture, efficiency, or even digital can we bring to bear on this problem? But the third, and and in my mind, the most important is the cultural and people side of it. And how can we commit, align, and harness the power of organizations to, to progress the sustainability agenda? You know, how do we make sure that people know every day when they wake up what their role is in, in helping advance this agenda? And how do we measure that progress? So this is where I think JMJ can play a unique role in the world. You know, we have 30 years of experience helping to save lives and now I think we can turn our mission towards helping to support saving life. And I'm really happy to say that, you know, we have Jill on board helping us define and lead that, that new era for our company. And, um, and I couldn't be more excited about it. And, and Jill, I mean, you and I have talked about hope. That was one of the first words I mentioned at the beginning of this little section. You and I have talked a lot about hope. And it struck me in the last few months chatting to you that that, sort of message that Jeff's just articulated is where you are beginning to find hope. Yeah, it's interesting because in the book, really where I found hope was at the individual level. So communities and citizens, um, you know, campaigning for change. And that was in the process of writing the book where I got to. And then I it totally unexpectedly through leading this work with Jeff and looking at sustainability I'm really left with organizations. There's kind of an existential conversation for organizations in terms of what do they exist for. And we do see a global shift in that. And there's now almost, I think, an inevitability that organizations are expected to do good in the world. And then I just get super excited because I'm like, we've partnered organizations and you know how passionate I am about my job in terms of saving lives but what would it be like to partner conversation in this kind of organizations in this existential journey going, what do we actually exist for? And that makes me happy and excited more than I have been for really many years. And the, the one thing when Jeff was talking, I was thinking about just to link it back to Greenfall is uh, one of the residents in Greenfall who had spoken about concerns and wasn't listened to, his name's Eddie Defan. And he gave evidence recently at the Greenfall Tower Inquiry. And he said, um, at the end of, of, of his evidence, he said, if the organizations involved had treated us with dignity, humanity, and empathy, it wouldn't have happened. And I'm just like, well, what if organizations viewed that as their mission? Do you know what would then become possible in the world? So I am left with enormous hope with organizations as a consultant dignity humanity and empathy they're not a bad tag for purpose-driven business in the remainder of this century are they well let's hope they can grapple onto that and um stick with it and with jmj's help and and with your help jeff williams and with your help jill kernick maybe we'll get there let's hope 